You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Now, from BetQL, it's time for the Daily Tip. Presented by BetMGM with Michael Jenkins and Chelsea Messenger. And we are back on a Thursday morning. It's bright and early. We're off and running. I'm Chelsea Messenger. He's Michael Jenkins coming up in a couple of minutes, talking with our good friend Joe G about all things Philly and if the Sixers still have a shot in that series against the Heat. Jenks, last night, did you see what Steph Curry said before the game against the Grizzlies? The quote that everybody was talking about? No, I saw he and Draymond dancing to whoop that trick, but that's all I saw. What did I miss? Well, that's just it. Before the game, he said the game plan against the Grizzlies was, quote, to whoop that trick. And if you don't know, that is a song by, I believe it's 3-6 Mafia, who is based in Memphis. And that's what the Grizzlies play almost every game. It's like their rallying cry. So Steph used that song. He said, yeah, that's the game plan. Whoop that trick. So I thought it was Al Capone. Do I have that wrong? Al Capone. What yeah. Are you talking about James? The, I know. No, 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 I, no, I'm talking about the rapper named Al Capone. It's Capone with a K. So it's three six mafia. I thought it was Al Capone, like a Memphis rapper. Oh my God, we're gonna have to look this up. I believe it is it. Al Capone. Is he a part of the three six mafia? Is he? Maybe he is. Maybe <laughs> maybe it's both. I'm not sure. I'm not schooled enough in rap, but this is an older song, and he's a Memphis guy, right? Well, I know it's from Memphis. That's why they play it. I just always thought it was 3-6 Mafia. All right. Well, regardless, Steph Curry and Draymond were dancing, and I saw the video go viral of them bouncing around before the game, and they were super hyped. When they play that song, people in Memphis go nuts. Yeah, as they should. But it's funny that he tried to trash talk the Grizzlies and then lost by a historical margin. How much did the Warriors lose by? Oh, my God. A billion points. Weren't they down (laughs) like 70 after the third quarter? There were all sorts of records set last night. The Warriors, honestly, just should not have shown up last night. They never led that game, not even from the opening tip. And even Clay Thompson said, we were embarrassed. They should be embarrassed. That was awful. I think this is the problem when you talk trash. You have to back it up. And when you get beat by 30 points, you end up looking like an absolute fool. Steph Curry, shame on you. I know you have the titles and the MVPs to back it up, but still, you knew better than this. Don't give him the locker room banter to do this to you. And especially a song that they played over and over and just pointed and laughed at you. Yeah, nice job, Steph, on doing that. Well, let's bring in our next guest. He is Joe Giglio. He's the co-host of BetQL Daily. Immediately after us with Joe Ostrowski and Aaron Hawksworth appearing on the Roman guest line. So, Joe G., do you think the Sixers have room to talk a little trash tonight in the Heat game, or do you think they're cooked? 
Yeah, I, I, if I were the Sixers, I would not be talking any trash after losing by 35 in Game 5. It's not quite as bad as what we saw last night, uh, as you guys talking out with Memphis and, and Golden State. But yeah, the, the Sixers were so bad in Game Number 5. Just came out completely flat in that game. No energy. Uh, it's just really, really odd when you consider the stakes. I mean, you, you could kind of see last night in, in a weird way, not that it excuses being down 60 or 70 points, but the Warriors are up 3-1. They're, they're going to win the series. I mean, it's kind of like they took their foot off the gas for a second and, and Memphis came back and beat them up. But, but game five between the Sixers and the Heat, that was a, a swing game in the series. That was, you know, we know the numbers historically when it's 2-2. Uh, you know, whoever wins game five wins about 82% of the time. The Sixers no-show. So it's difficult to take them seriously. The one, uh, the one thing on the other side for this game tonight, though, is the home team has won every game in this series. So if you want to back the Sixers tonight, just based on that, I, I, I can understand it, but I, I, it's very hard for me to believe they're going to go to Miami and win a game seven this weekend. Joe, we keep talking about, of course, Joel Embiid and James Harden, and clearly if those two step up and perform, then Philly has a chance to win tonight. I think they do win tonight, but who is maybe the X factor for the Sixers if this goes seven games? Is it just those two guys, or who else needs to step up? Because – the Heat from top to bottom have so many different guys that can hurt you, whereas the Sixers need they need help from guys maybe you wouldn't anticipate. Yeah, it's Tyrese Maxey, uh, the young guard, second-year player, who's really had some great moments uh, this season and even in the playoffs with 30-point games. But I, I always say this about young players, and you know, fans go crazy when a young player you know, has that kind of breakout game. Uh, but you know, other than the, the special ones, like the John Morant of the world, uh, who kind of emerge and, and become superstars right away, you know, guys like Tyrese Maxey, Desmond Bain, Jordan Poole, who's, who's becoming more consistent, you know, they, they go up, they go down. That, that's what 22-year-old players do, especially in the playoffs. So in game five, Tyrese Maxey had nine points. I mean, he's gone from always oh, the next star in Philadelphia to a nine-point no-show in a playoff game. So he's the X factor. If he plays to the level we've seen at times this playoffs, which is, he could drop 25 and no one will be surprised tonight. The Sixers absolutely can win. But if he has another game where it's like, is he even on the court, as we see with young players sometimes in the NBA in the playoffs, well, well then they're sunk. They, they need him as kind of part of that big three. It's tough for even the best players on the court to be consistently good, especially in the postseason. We saw it with John Morant in that Timberwolves series where he couldn't even control the ball at times. So I think it is certainly the case for young players. And we forget that John Morant is, what, 22 as well? But I think the biggest story for me in this Heat-Sixers series is everybody wants to talk about the Sixers and how they can win games. But for me, I feel like if the Heat are playing their best brand of basketball and not shooting, you know, 20% from the three-point line, that it is squarely in their court to win this one. Do you think if the Heat play a perfect game tonight that the Sixers even stand a chance, even if Joel Embiid is somewhat healthy? Yeah, I, I don't really. I'm, I'm with you on this, Chelsea. The Heat are better. Uh, they're deeper. It's, it's really – and it, it's kind of weird what happened in the series, just the way Eric Spolster's rotations and bench and it all played out because, you know, he really wanted Kyle Lowry to be part of this. And I think they're better right now without Kyle Lowry. We saw that in game number five. Uh, you know, in game four, I mean, Kyle Lowry looks like he's 35 going on 80. He couldn't get up and down the court. He looks out of shape right now, which is probably because of the injury he can't uh, you know, do what he needs to do cardiovascularly to be in the shape he needs to be. He just looks looks bad. And when they didn't have him in game five, all of a sudden the heat moves better. And, and they dusted off Duncan Robinson. I mean, it's just a, such a deep team Miami has. But I think if they play their best and Tyler Hero shoots it well tonight, they will win this game. They're a deeper team. Um, yeah, I mean, Joel Embiid is 
is the best player in this series, but, you know, we know he's physically compromised. So you kind of look towards Jimmy Butler and what he's been able to do in the series. I just think the Heat top to bottom are the better team right now. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. We're talking with Joe Giglio, co-host of Becky Daily. Right after us with Joe Ostrowski and Aaron Hawksworth. You can also hear him weekday evenings in Philly on WIP Radio. Joe, I wanted to talk about the Celtics and the Bucks and what we saw last night. And that was a Boston collapse. And if you're the Bucks. You have to be feeling great about the fact that you're without Chris Middleton. Giannis is going to do his thing. But what we saw from Drew Holiday, I thought, was masterful, particularly in those last 10 seconds when he had that block and that steal. He made the difference and was the real catalyst on that team. Yeah, I, I mean, Jake, that was – I think it was all-time playoff defense that we saw at the end. I mean, impactful plays. I, I remember, you know, whatever year it was, 93, uh, 90, 92, the, the Knicks and the Bulls, that famous highlight where the Bulls just basically stripped Charles, I think it was Charles Smith, like five different times under the basket. And it, it was kind of, I, I remember watching that series growing up, and it was kind of like a, a eureka moment where you realize, like, that, that Bulls team has something. Like, there's a championship DNA there to that team. Like, in the big moments, they're going to make a play. And I kind of felt that last night with the Bucks. And I, you know, I've been worried about the Bucks this postseason, um, you know, because of the injury to Middleton. And I, and I do think highly of this Celtics team, but – you have the best player in the world. I don't care what the MVP voting says. The best player in the world is Giannis Antetokounmpo. And then you have this team that won it last year, and, and a guy like Drew making those plays. I mean, Marcus Smart's face last night on both of those plays, the block and then the steal, he was just like he couldn't believe what happened. I, I thought that was incredible to watch. And, and obviously now, you know, the Bucks are in a, a commanding position where if they win one more, they're into the Eastern Conference Finals, and, and there's no reason why Giannis and that team can't go back to the Finals again. All right, so let's switch gears to baseball real quick because we do have Phillies Dodgers tonight. Do we think the Phillies? I'm, I haven't even looked at the odds, but I'm assuming the Phillies are underdogs in this one. Do you think the Phillies have a shot here? So I, I do think they have a shot in this particular uh, game of the four-game series. I would not think they're going to win this series, Chelsea. So it's interesting, the pitching matchup. I haven't looked yet at the odds either, but it's, uh, it's Zach Wheeler who is coming off the, a, a stand on the COVID list. I don't know if he actually had COVID or his close contact. He was out for a few days. He is back. So, uh, obviously, his, how compromised he was physically will play a role. If, you know, if he doesn't have stamina, that, that will hurt the Phillies. But if we're assuming it's the Zach Wheeler that has been pitching the last few outings against Tyler Anderson, who, I mean, the Dodgers make every pitcher good, but he's kind of a journeyman lefty. And the Phillies have been one of the better teams against left-handed pitching this season. I actually think they have a chance tonight. Um, if you get a good number uh, as an upset on, on the money line tonight in the first game against the Dodgers, because they do have the pitching matchup in their favor. The rest of the series, you look at those pitching matchups with Urias and Kershaw and Bueller. Yeah, I'd stay away from the Phillies after tonight. Joe, I could be wrong on this, but I think I saw a quote from you yesterday on Twitter saying that if you want to bet on the Phillies, do so at your own risk or something to that effect. Even though you like this particular matchup, you just said it overall, stay away. What, what is the biggest issue with the Phillies right now? Is it their bullpen rotation? What is it? Yeah, I think it's their overall depth. They seem to find ways to lose. I mean, their defense is really bad. I actually think you look at some of their numbers offensively. 
Uh, it's, it's pushing in the right direction. They're near the top and, and a lot of good categories. Their pitching has been better the last two weeks. Bullpen been better the last two weeks. They're just the worst defensive team or one of the worst couple in all of baseball. So they give away a lot of outs. And, and, and big picture betting on them, because I know we always kind of look at the futures market and where it is. Their schedule over the next month, guys, is as brutal as any team in baseball. So I think if you are interested in this Phillies team, and they are kind of intriguing, I would wait about three or four weeks because uh, off the top of my head, over the next month, it is Dodgers, Padres, Braves, Mets, Giants, Brewers, Angels. That's their next month. I mean, it is a murderer's row they're going to face. So uh, their futures are probably going to take a dip uh, four weeks from now. And if you still like them and they're still afloat, that's probably the time to jump on a future. All right, Joe, what are your favorite plays today? I'm sure you have a few that you like. Yeah, well, I'm going to be on Miami tonight. I, I think Miami's going to close this out in Philadelphia. I, I just think there's, there was an energy uh, about the Sixers that just didn't, didn't ever arrive in Game 5, and I am worried about Joel Embiid um, and how, how physically compromised he is right now. It's like I think adrenaline got him through games number three and four in Philadelphia, and maybe early in this game – uh, he'll have some adrenaline to him. But I think over the four quarters, kind of what you were saying earlier, Chelsea, I think the, uh, the Miami's going to pull away, and, and they're the better team right now. So I think Miami's going to close this series out. And the other thing I will, uh, I'll probably be jumping on late tonight is you know I'll be looking at week one NFL lines because we get the schedule coming out. I, I'm sure, and I'll be listening to you guys tomorrow morning talking about it, we get the NFL schedule. So I'll probably be looking ahead to week one as soon as we get that, uh, that schedule out tonight and, and looking forward to that. So before we let you go, we were going to ask you about the NFL schedule and how does it affect your betting strategy? When you see this come out, is there anything that you look for specifically? Yeah, I mean, you know, look, game to game, and I was kind of being a little facetious there, betting on uh, week one games. But, I mean, if you find a great <laughs> line, sure. Um, but the one thing I do look at for big picture, for futures, and for team win totals, is just how the games are stacked. I mean, those road trips that teams have to go on. I mean, every year it seems like the NFL gives a team a three-game road trip somewhere. Uh, it's usually late November, early December, and those can be killers. I mean, it's just for the, even for the best teams, that really could take a toll on players' bodies and just trying to win more than one of those games. It's hard. I think the Saints last year were one of those teams that had that kind of road trip. A couple years ago, um, I think the Cowboys had one of those. It's just really, it is a brutal kind of thing. So I'll be looking at that. Uh, who's traveling before, you know, potentially a Thursday night game or, or things like that. I, I think those things give you a little bit of an edge when you're trying to find a, a win total or a future market. I just have to keep checking the calendar because I think to myself, oh, is football come up? No, it's May. It's May the 12th, <laughs> and this is what we are talking about, handicapping week one in the NFL. But great insight, as always, from Joe Giglio. He's the co-host of BetQL Daily. Right after it's with Joe Ostrowski, Aaron Hawksworth, and also hear him on WIP in Philadelphia weekday evenings. Joe, thanks for waking up with us. You got it, guys. Talk next week. For more, listen to The Daily Tip, presented by BetMGM. Weekday mornings from 6 to 9 Eastern on the BetQL Network, the Odyssey app, or wherever you get your podcasts.